0: Today on the Network Live, we'll be hearing a message from international evangelist Perry Stone. Perry is a fourth generation minister and directs one of America's fastest growing ministries, The Voice of Evangelism. Perry's global ministry includes a popular weekly telecast called Manifest, which is viewed by millions around the world, a bi-monthly magazine, and numerous prophetic resources. He is also a best-selling author. Stay tuned to the Network Live today and hear more from Perry Stone. Good morning and welcome to The Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Today on The Network Live, we'll be hearing a teaching from Perry Stone. Here's Perry coming to us from the city of Jerusalem teaching on the Second Coming File, Pre-Kingdom Wars.
1: I'm going to be sharing with you what I call the Second Coming File, and we're going to look at an aspect called the Pre-Kingdom Wars. Now let me explain to you what I mean when I allude to the pre-kingdom. The Bible predicts in the book of Daniel that there will come a time when the saints of the Most High God are going to possess the kingdom. Now we know that Jesus preached that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he preached the kingdom of God had come, and that sign of the kingdom was righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. However, there is a kingdom coming in which the Messiah King, Jesus Christ, will rule from the city of Jerusalem for 1,000 years based on Revelation chapter 20. Before Christ sets his feet upon the Mount of Olives, as alluded to in Zechariah chapter 14, there will be what I call pre-kingdom wars. Now most of these wars are alluded to in the book of Revelation and there's an order given to them. So what I would like to do is I would like to take you into Matthew 24 where Jesus said that in the last days before his coming there would be wars and rumors of wars. If we go into the book of Daniel it says that until the end wars and desolations are determined. War not just major wars, but especially wars involving Israel or the city of Jerusalem or the conflicts of Israel and Jerusalem are alluded to by the prophets of the Bible and are actually a sign of the return of the Lord. So when you begin to see an increase of activities surrounding the city of Jerusalem and controversies surrounding the city of Jerusalem, it without a doubt is a sign of the Messianic age and the return of the Messiah. Now, what I'd like to do is go into the book of Revelation and begin to share with you some of those places where it gives an order of what's going to take place. When you come to chapter 4 in the book of Revelation, John is caught up in the Spirit immediately into the throne room of God, and there he sees the seven sealed book. As Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, takes that seven sealed book from the hands of God in Heaven and he begins to break those seals, we see what's known as the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. These four horsemen are all identified by four different colors. There's a white horse that's introduced, there's a red horse, a black horse, and then there's a pale horse. In the book of Revelation, chapter six, where it talks about a pale horse, the actual Greek word there is the means the color green, a pale green. Now, among the four horsemen, two of the horsemen are carrying swords. Now, in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, when God would speak about a sword, He was indicating a time of fighting, battle, conflict, and war. So we see that as the rapture has taken place, we assume based on at least what we understand or I understand after many years of Bible study, actually 40 years of Bible study, the Revelation chapter 4 verse 1 gives us the imagery or the picture of the rapture of the church. So when that takes place, we now see in chapter 6 that there are conflicts taking place on the earth. Now two of the four horsemen are have great swords and the sword represents war according to the prophets of the Old Testament. Now the wars that begin to take place at the very early stages of the tribulation can be over the fact that there is major food shortages taking place at the very beginning. As a matter of fact in the sixth chapter of Revelation it indicates that one loaf of bread would cost an entire day's wages. Now we can figure that out and calculate that calculate that because it tells you how much a rationed amount of grain will be, and how much it would cost. So if we take the coinage of John's day, which was a day's wages, that's what is alluded to there in the book of Revelation, that it's going to cost one day's wages for a loaf of bread. And there's going to be all sorts of death, which according to Scripture is going to be caused by famine. Anytime you have food shortages, you're going to have conflicts and war and battle take place where people who are starving or who do not have food are going to come in battle for the food. So the book of Revelation is introduced to the four horsemen of the apocalypse in Revelation 6 by the conflict of war. We then move into the book of Revelation and we start coming to chapter nine. Now chapter nine of the book of Revelation is perhaps the strangest passage in the entire Bible. First of all, we see in Revelation chapter nine that there is the opening of the abyss. Now the King James translation will say the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit is a chamber located somewhere underneath the earth. It's actually the place where in Revelation chapter 20 Satan will be bound for 1,000 years when Jesus Christ the Messiah comes to rule and reign on earth here from the city of Jerusalem. Now somewhere in the earth is an entrance to the abyss or the bottomless pit. Some suggest, based on other verses in the book of Revelation, that it could be at the bottom of the Euphrates River, right there at the bottom of the country of Iraq where the Euphrates River empties out into the Persian Gulf. Now, of course, that's only speculatory. It's only speculation. We don't know that to be a fact. But anyway, that's a very, very, very good possibility that that is the area where the abyss is. Now, when it comes to the abyss, this opening, there are these very bizarre very very strange creatures that are released from the abyss and from the bottomless pit and the Bible says they go forth to torment men for a period of time. Now when you read the book of Revelation you will discover that there are uh there's a there's a, there's a verse given there in which it identifies the number of the horsemen and they're actually numbered according to scholars at 200 million. So there will be uh 200 million soldiers, which will come across the Euphrates River. Now, at that time, the Euphrates River will dry up. That is possibly because of a famine uh, that's going to take place in the earth. There'll be no rain for 42 months, which is three and a half years. And there's already areas in Iraq and different parts of the world, of course, where the Euphrates River is located, that is, uh, you know, drought stricken and there's not a lot of food. So imagine three and a half years of no rain. So it's going to dry up the Euphrates River, and once the Euphrates River has been dried up, it prepares a space for an army to come, which is known as the Kings of the East, and we'll deal with them in just a moment. So at the opening of this abyss there are these spirit beings now we, we the, when the book of Revelation chapter 9 talks about hair like women and crowns of gold and uh, on their head or crowns upon their head and when you look at this uh, some of the writers early writers said that this looked like the Turkish army of the Ottoman Turkish Empire that came riding on horses and how that they you know the the Ottoman Turks uh, toward the end of their rule killed over one and a half million Armenian christians and it could represent that however by the chronology of the book of revelation this chapter nine has not yet happened even though there may be times in history where it looks like it may have happened the chronology of revelation based on what we know and what we read and what we see uh, chapters four all the way to the last part of the book are still yet in the future and so there will be another can't war campaign. Now we see a campaign in Chapter Six with great swords because of famine, uh, fighting and food rationing. and we come to Chapter Nine we see that there's a third of the population of the earth that's affected by this two hundred million man army so this is another what we call pre-kingdom battle that takes place now uh, someone says where do you think that that army's coming from well India could produce a two hundred million man army China could produce a two hundred million man army but also the Islamic nations in southern Russia the Islamic nations in Afghanistan Pakistan and that part of the world if they are marching across the Euphrates River could produce a 200 million man army. Now a lot of the people uh, that have been scholars over the centuries suggest that that is the Chinese army that's coming across the Euphrates River but China would have to march a a good way in order to get to that particular area but it appears because the conflict will be over the city of Jerusalem that that two hundred million man army may actually be some type of an Islamic coalition that is organized that is controlled by spirits. Now again these spirits are coming up from the abyss and uh, others have taken it very literal to say these spirits will be seen and they'll be attacking men for a period of time but there will be a lot of death as a result of What we read about in chapter 9, again, which is a pre-kingdom conflict. Not pre-trib conflict, not pre-tribulation, but a pre-kingdom conflict. Now, when we keep reading uh, in the book of Revelation, we then come to chapter 12. Chapter 12 is where a Jewish remnant is fleeing into the wilderness, and they are being protected by God the last 42 months of the tribulation period. Now, most uh, evangelical scholars who believe in prophecy who study the Old Testament and the New Testament combined, believe that it's possible that this is a Jewish remnant that will flee from Israel, from Jerusalem, to the country of Jordan, and that they will somehow be protected in the city of Petra, which is a red-rose-colored city in the wilderness of Jordan. Now, why would a Jewish remnant flee to Jordan? Because in the book of Daniel, chapter 11, it tells you that there will be a nation that will escape the control of the Antichrist. It says, Edom, Moab, and the chief children of Ammon will escape. Now, if we want to go back to where Edom and Moab was, it is today the country of Jordan. Ammon is the capital of Jordan. Uh, the Jordanian people, it's called the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan. And so this is where Petra is located. There's many, many mountains in that area. Uh, and so, it's in, in fact, it's, it, it it connects to Israel. The separating point of the modern country of Jordan and Israel is today the Jordan River. And they even divide the Dead Sea, where half of the Dead Sea is the Israeli side. The other half of the Dead Sea is the Jordanian controlled side. So there is another conflict that takes place in which the Antichrist armies go forth to try to destroy a remnant. And uh, he goes to make war against the seed, the war against the Jewish people, but God will protect a, a segment or remnant of Jewish people who will flee the mountains all around this area and somehow be protected in Jordan. And the Antichrist is not allowed to control the country of Jordan. It's very important. That's in Daniel 11 that we point that out. And that's why that they would be this remnant would be better protected in that part of the the country than they would be here, where many of the battles will be taking place over the city of Jerusalem. Now. As we come from the Revelation chapter 12 war, we come to another very strange conflict that's rather bizarre, and that is the destruction of Mystery Babylon. The destruction of Mystery Babylon will be one of the final things that will take place before the Messiah actually returns. Now, I've done a lot of research on this over the years and, and sometimes when you're doing a, a program like this and you're recalling from memory the things that you have read in the Word of God, I get, if you all know me, especially when I preach uh, in a conference, I get on what we call rabbit trails and I don't want to get on a rabbit trail so far that we leave the theme, which are the pre-kingdom wars which will happen. And again, again, I'm on the west side of the walls of the city of Jerusalem sharing with you a prophetic message today on the Manifest Telecast. In the 17th and 18th chapter of the book of Revelation is something that John identifies in the symbolism of a harlot riding a beast with seven heads and ten horns. And this harlot represents a false religious system. Harlotry or spiritual idolatry in the Old Testament represented Israel's unfaithfulness to God. So this woman is riding this beast, yet she is ruling over the kings of the earth. The Bible identifies her as the city ruling over the kings of the earth. As she's ruling over the kings of the earth, suddenly the ten kings who have aligned their kingdoms and their nations with the Antichrist are so angry with this woman, this city ruling over the kings of the earth, that they burn her with fire. Now, in the passage of Revelation 17 and 18, when it talks about the woman being burnt with fire, it says that in one hour her destruction has come. Now, let us assume that that city existed in John's day, and many people believe it's actually Rome, Italy, which there is a lot of evidence for that because in some of the ancient writings, uh, uh, Jewish writings, the, the 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 nation, the city of Rome. Uh, and the Roman Empire was even considered a type of Babylon or a picture of Babylon. And that's in early Jewish history, a long time ago, back in the time of the early church, as a matter of fact. Because you couldn't speak against Rome, because you could be arrested for speaking against Rome, you could be arrested for, uh, threatening Rome, so they, 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 put a little picture of, of Babylon in there uh, to, to prevent themselves from being arrested when they would talk about, and that's a long story, it's a story in itself about the book of Revelation while probably the symbol is of mystery of Babylon was used there instead of Rome, but if Rome is the city met ruling over the kings of the earth that will be destroyed in the future then these ten kings who have aligned themselves with the Antichrist are going to be involved in burning her with fire and she's burnt in an hour. Now in John's day uh, just, just j- These walls of Jerusalem are made of limestone. They cut the stone at rock quarries and they move it and place it on the wall. Now to burn these walls in John's day, which the Romans did, you have to have wood, you have to have trees, you have to have a lot of substances burning, but the, the rock remains intact. Uh, it can be scorched, it can be blackened by ash, but it remains intact. However, if the city that John was talking about existed only in his day, it would be impossible to burn it with fire. How do I know? Let me say this, burn it in an hour with fire, burn it in one hour. How do we know this? Because Rome was just, was burnt, they believed, by Nero, that Nero sent men out to set the fire of Rome, and it took six days for it to burn uh, down what was called Circus Maximus, which was uh, some of, many of the shops, I think. Uh, Almost 70% of that entire area was totally annihilated in the fire, but it burnt for six to seven days. This city, in the future, in Revelation 17 and 18, is destroyed in one hour, and the smoke of the torment makes people so afraid they won't even go near the city. So, if you look at this, it probably has something to do with the limited nuclear weapon that creates radiation in the city, and because of the radiation, people will not go near it. The Bible said even the ships are afar off for fear of the torment of the smoke. Now once again, that would have been impossible in John's day for people to stay afar off because of the fear of smoke, but if it is a biological or chemical weapon that is used that brings destruction to the city within an hour, then that makes sense. So see, Revelation chapter 17 and 18 probably would have never been fulfilled except in modern history in the manner of which John wrote it and detailed the words of, it is destroyed in an hour, people are standing afar off because they're afraid of the smoke that's there. So in Revelation 17 and 18 we have another battle. Now the last battle that's going to take place is Revelation 16:16, 16, 16, where the Bible says he gathered all of them together in a place which is in the Hebrew tongue called Armageddon. Harmageddon or Armageddon is, as you know, the valley of Jezreel in Israel, which is 200 uh, square miles. It's flat land. Today it is farmland, but every major empire of history. Uh, especially, exclusively Middle Eastern empires. For example, the Egyptians, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the, the, the Persians, everyone has fought in that valley at some point. And this will be the what's called the mother of all battles, the Battle of Armageddon. There's, there's probably not a Christian on the face of the earth that knows the Bible, that has not either, either heard the phrase Armageddon or has heard some kind of teaching related to Armageddon and that, that valley. So what will happen is, the, at the very end of days, the last battle of all battles will be when the nations of the earth are coming together. And actually, it appears from the Old Testament prophets. So what they're doing, they're coming uh, to the, to, against the city of Jerusalem to destroy Jerusalem. And so God will intervene through the return of Jesus Christ. Now, if you go into Zechariah 14... The Lord's feet will stand that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is eastward in Jerusalem. And the mountain shall cleave in two parts, one part to the east and the other part to the west. If you come to Revelation chapter 19, we discover that when Jesus Christ returns, that he comes back on a white horse with the armies of heaven. And this is where he uh, literally intervenes in the battle of Armageddon. In fact, if we go to the Old Testament prophets, there's three stages to this battle. Stage number one is he goes to Bozrah. That's in the book of Isaiah. I'll let you read that later. We're running out of time to put all the scriptures up. But the battle of Bozrah is to save the Jewish remnant, which will most likely be in Petra, because Bozrah and Petra are in that same location in the area of Edom and Moab. Now, after that, the Bible says he saves the tents of Judah first, meaning that when he comes into israel he saves the people of this area the jewish remnant uh... two-thirds according to the prophet will be destroyed or killed during the tribulation one-third will come through the fire so he comes to save that remnant and then then the bible tells us that also at armageddon that the blood will be up to the horses bridle so when jesus comes second thessalonians 2 He comes in the brightness of His coming, He destroys the nations with the sword of His mouth, that is His word, and the brightness of His coming and His word will bring destruction to the earthly armies, then the saints of God will come back to this very city and rule and reign. And so, remember this, that war is a terrible thing. No one wants to fight a battle, no one wants to fight a war. There are great men and women that are trained for warfare. But it's a whole lot better if they never have to go to battle. But yet, in the time of the end, war and desolations, according to the book of Daniel, are determined until the end of the consummation of all things. So when we hear of wars and rumors of wars, Matthew chapter 24, know this, it is a true sign of the Messiah and that Jesus Christ is going to return. I tell you, it's one thing to preach a message from the United States in a church service. But it's another thing to stand here in the city of Jerusalem because what you don't feel, I feel the heat of the sun, 72 degrees. I see the blue sky in front of me. I hear the sounds of people beating drums and singing here in front of the gate. I can hear the pilgrims as they sing as they march into the city. Imagine what it's going to be like when the Lord returns. And millions of saints of God in resurrected bodies have come to rebuild this city and to rebuild a millennial temple for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna be fantastic. And so we like to keep you informed not only through the Manifest Telecast, but we're consistently producing either books or DVDs or teaching material that we can get into your hands that helps keep Manifest on the air. So please support Manifest. And one of the ways you can do it is by ordering the material that we have. So we're going to go right now to that break. God bless you. This is Perry Stone, and this week I'm offering a very significant ministry resource that, in my opinion, will help believers spiritually more than any single offer since Manifest has aired. In my 41 years of ministry, I've noted one hindrance always blocking God's blessings. The enemy of our blessing is your inability to forgive those who have offended you along with the extreme danger of you bringing up past sins of another person who's been forgiven. I have four very important live messages on CD that I want you to hear that can assist you in receiving true freedom and blessing. The titles are Taking the Bait and Living in Pain. How Satan Baits You accepting an offense and how you will suffer if you do. The second CD is the Christian's biggest trap to avoid in the last days. It's actually revealed, believe it or not, in Matthew chapter 24, and millions of people are falling into this trap as the enemy laughs at them at their ignorance. CD number three, the danger of fishing in the sea of forgiveness. I'm going to teach you from the Bible how that if you bring up another person's forgiven sins and you bring it up publicly and use it against them, you are going to experience the same demonic attack that brought their difficulties. This is one of the most important messages the Holy Spirit's ever given me. And finally, the keys to stopping a tormenting spirit is CD number four. And I will show you from the Bible how the Christians can be tormented because they open a door to a tormenting spirit by not forgiving others. Now, along with this four audio CD album. I'm adding a brand-new prophetic CD that I've just taught, The Return of the Giants. Now the content on this CD will not be preached on TV. There's a stunning discovery that's been made in Israel that has not been released publicly that ties into the signs of the days of Noah. Now I want you to get this four-CD album and this single CD, The Return of the Giants, right now. And I'm asking for your donation of $30 or more to help keep Manifest on the air. To order, you call 1-888-21-BREAD. It's a toll-free number. Or you can order online at perrystone.org or write and send your donation of $30 or more to Perry Stone, P.O. Box 3595, Cleveland, Tennessee, 37320, and ask for offer LGM126. That's offer LGM126. Your support is what we use to keep manifest on the air. God bless you. I trust you enjoyed that teaching and this will be the the last week as far as we know to get the brand new offer. And thank you for listening to the CDs. Thank you for those of you that are writing us and saying, God has delivered me from years of fear, anxiety, oppression because of the teaching. Man that means so much. And I give God the glory honestly because it's His truth and His revelation and, and He shows it to me how to preach it. So get the offer now. Go to your phone now because this is the last week you'll be able to get this. And uh, next week, we're, we're going to continue to come to you on uh, Manifest from our new programs from Israel. Everything you're going to see for the next couple months from Israel is the new taping we just did. Great uh, new locations, uh, new sites, and I hope that you'll you know, be able to watch all the programs that are coming up uh in some way i do always share with you where we're coming to we're coming to abbas house in chattanooga hickson tennessee wednesday the 7th of march to the fresh oil new wine conference one service only one service only at healing place church in baton rouge louisiana a wednesday night and that will be april the 4th now all you folks in baton rouge i want to see you there you get there okay and then resurrection life church haven't been up there in a while granville michigan Dwayne, Pastor Dwayne Vanderclock, and we are going to go there on a Sunday, all day Sunday, April the 22nd. And I just want to start telling you, April 26th to the 29th, a Thursday night through a Sunday afternoon, not Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, our 11-service International Prophetic Summit. Uh, Somewhere around 3,000 are already registered. We could take about 1,000 more people, then we have to cut our registration off. So please, if you're coming, let us know. And don't forget that we've got that real special inside section where there's no tape, no video, no nothing allowed. And man, do I have some stuff to tell you. It will never be on manifest. It will never be in print, only at the International Prophetic Summit. So, uh, you know, we're coming to Princeton Pike in May and Hamilton, Ohio. we are just, we got a lot of places to be coming. The best thing we do is to go to perrystone.org and just check out the itinerary to see if we're coming in. You know, Perrystone, Facebook. Uh, uh, and I also want to mention something. I think all ministers need to mention this. We do not ask for friends requests on Facebook. If somebody sends you a friends request, they're a faker. They're not me. That's all the time. So if you get a friend's request, know it's a fake person just trying to get your information. We do not send out friend's requests on Facebook. So we want you to know that. I I hate to keep saying that over and over again, but I have to do it all the time. Um, We hope sometime, too. You know, if you ever have the opportunity and you're in our area, we have a Tuesday night service at Omega Center International. We'd love to have you join us. And Thursday night we have prayer. Uh, It's recorded live. And you can send in your prayer request from anywhere in the world on Thursday. Uh, you can go to our, uh, you know, website again and get the prayer information because we have people who absolutely believe in prayer. Uh, we're seeing God do great answers to prayer through the ministry and we give him the glory. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you that if you've never known the Lord Jesus Christ, please follow the Lord. Please turn to him now. He is the way and the truth of the life. He came to give you life more abundantly. No. Don't serve some other fake God or false religion. Serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And he He transforms people like instantly. It's the most amazing thing ever. And and also let me just mention that uh, to continue to pray, partners, thank you for partnering with us. I hope you're enjoying the uh, Israel nuggets that we put on, on the uh, Internet for just partners. And uh, God bless you as well. But keep praying for us because we need your prayers. See you next week.
0: Perry Stone invites you to join him for his 2018 Israel tour. The dates are November 19th through the 28th with an optional visit to Petra in the country of Jordan. Call 1-888-321-3629 or visit perrystone.org for more information and how to register. Seating is limited, so call today. If you would like more information about being a guest on The Network Live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The Network Live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and radio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.